Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome, everybody. Friends, welcome to the podcast. This is the Ancient Health Podcast. And Courtney. This is Courtney, and I'm Dr. Chris Motley. And we are on location. On location. Near Courtney's house here in Charleston, South Carolina, in this beautiful farmhouse that your friends allowed us the privilege of coming out here. Yeah. Uh, Triton, who is our video expert, videography, you know, everything, sound, set it up. And this is really amazing. So yeah, man, this, this has to happen more often. It really does. We're in discussions about making that happen more often because... I feel like the converse, we probably recorded four episodes already just hanging out talking. We actually did. So guys, we were talking about our subject matter for this podcast, which many of you guys may know about, but can I say we're talking about parasites and different types of infectious states within the digestive tract. And we are starting to talk about different avenues. And we started having this whole full-blown conversation and Courtney's like, we got we to gotta kind of save this. And then Trent's <laughs> like, yeah, you stuff. probably just stop, need to stop talking right now. Um, but that's what we're going to talk about because it is such an important subject yeah. out there. Because yeah. Courtney's had her own journey in it. And I'm not saying that yeah. lightly. I'm saying it seriously. Like I have had my journey with it. And I think people out there who have had it probably would like to hear a little bit about our personal journeys in a, you know, in a nice, concise way because they want to identify with us. So yeah, how about your journey? Yeah, you know... What is so interesting that I've learned, this isn't about my journey, but this is just, this is my brain kind of already hitting a rabbit trail, but I think it's important. So we've had a lot of guests on the podcast that all speak very intelligently to parasites and gut infections. And, and they're experts with what they do with their patients and their clinic and how they help people. What I have learned in the last year though, about gut infections is so much more than what I even experienced when I had all the infections, because Mm. I've started to realize that not only have I had to overcome some stuff, I've also seen that there has been these perpetuating infections, like where they, they kind of come and go. And I never really asked the question why, like Mm -hmm. I always thought like, well, it's just, we're always exposed to parasites. So you would just always need to be cleansing, but I never really started to address an emotional aspect to that. Even looking at like mindset and how we view our body's own ability to heal. Mm-hmm. And so there's been kind of a shift, I think, in the way that I look at even how my own immune system and body is helping manage in chronic infection. Yes. And so it's just it's just an interesting thing to explore. And I'm interested to see what your take is on that because there's so many people I imagine that are listening and they've had parasites or maybe they currently, they, they think they suspect they have a parasite, mm-hmm. but they're not really sure what they're doing. And they think like, well, maybe if I just take a protocol that I'll wipe it out and it'll be, it'll be done and, and everything. But what you don't realize is that a lot of times you go through cycles and so you feel better. And then all of a sudden, maybe a different set of symptoms pop up. And it's like, how do you get well and stay well? Like, what are we missing? I, I think it, it really is. And hopefully guys out there, when we talk about this, if I get long winded, it's only because we get really passionate about it. But it, there is that definite link about emotions and your physical body. And I think that when we talk about a protocol that says, if we take this protocol for this many weeks, that all the larvae and all the worms and all the eggs will be exterminated. But there's also, like you say, the emotional component to where why did the organ get infested with the parasites and all the components in the first place? And then you have to say that I will clean this out with all the herbs I'm taking and get rid of the toxins it produced. And then down the road, if the emotion still is underlying in the organ, does that allow any infections like the parasites or any additional to stay within the tissue or have a propensity for you to actually have that infection come in again because you may encounter it on a regular basis whether it's through your food or through your water but when you say that journey like you and I were talking about patients out there and individuals saying man I thought I got rid of it and all of a sudden I had another flare-up 
And you have to take into account your emotional instabilities. And I'll say instabilities or traumas. And then we had to talk about environmental toxins, which, which we can get into. And then and we had to talk about lunar phases. And we had to talk about how rotation of the earth affects how an infection can reside in your digestive tract. Why does it stay there for that long? Because most protocols, in my opinion, there are many out there. And I know there's a lot of good individuals, a lot of good docs that talk about the herbs that kill off the worms. And then there's others that go deeper and say, well, the larvae, because they'll stay insisted in their own form in your tissue. And then there's eggs. So different herbs work for different phases of the infection. And I think that's when you have a journey. And I think the yeah. emotional aspect of it is like, I know we both talked about this. I cannot tell you how many times a patient has come in and we have had heavy amounts of parasites cleaned so much of them out. And they actually see the parasites come out in their fecal matter and they're like, this is great. And then two months pass along and then they hit a certain phase and they go, I am feeling like brain fog. Yeah. Seriously. And I have, I have bloating. And then I have to look into the actual, the actual species of it, Court. Like literally I have kits and frequencies that I try to check for the actual worms and larvae and cysts. I have to get blood work to verify, but there's not a lot of good testing in the U.S. that will actually let you do this. So I have to suspect that maybe there's larvae there. And I'm like, are those larvae smarter than me? And they went somewhere in the digestive tract to hide. And I wanted to encourage people. I'm saying there are certain forms. They're trying to survive and they're going to do everything they can. So you start taking black walnut and you start taking uh, artemisia. And they know there's a biomatrix in, their, in your gut and in your body. And infections talk. And so they know and they're like, oh, it's coming down the pipe. And there's a lot of research on this. And they'll know, like it's like a neighbor. If a neighbor knocked on your door, if called you up and said, hey, there's, a ro- there's somebody coming down the, you know, in our neighborhood. You may want to lock up and get hiding. They do that. And so you're thinking if they get used to a particular supplement, do you have to change it up? I know this is a lot. To, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I see your brain work. Let's no, talk more so about good. this. No, it's so good. Is that called quorum sensing? Quorum sensing. And yeah. Have you read about it a lot? I have. But I, I've, it's, so, it's just crazy how intelligent our, not only our bodies, but these critters, these bugs, like they are incredibly sophisticated in the way that they live because that's their goal is to reside. It is to stay. You are the host. Like we are the host. And so, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It's like survival of the fittest. And really it's like, I always tell individuals when they get discouraged about how long it stays a part of them. I always say, you got to remember that it, your emotional state, the traumas in your life set up a scene for them to camp out and they're going to do their best to keep you alive, to keep feeding off of you. So they know when to feed and when not to feed. I would say that the, the quorum sensing, like I did this, <laughs> I did this one write up and I went all into biofilms. So people out there are saying, are you talking about biofilms? And they were talking about how they'll, the, the infections like parasites will make, take calcium alginates. They'll take certain types of mineral com- components and they make the biofilms. So each type of infection has a different type of biofilm, right? And so, but the biofilms are very electrically conductive. So if you look at it, if you go down into the the coral reefs in the ocean, a lot of them have the same components and how the coral reefs talk to each other. So they've had experiments about how coral reefs can tell about one area what's going on with another. That's why when you say they use a lot of sunscreen or they had a lot of toxicity, they found that other parts of the reef that weren't even affected by it were dying off because the, inf- the information was traveling all the way through the reef. And so it's the same components within your gut. That's what they said. And then you go, okay, so let's say you and I are like, oh, I found parasites in this person and or in myself. And then I started going, okay, well, I'm going to take neem and I'm going to take artemisia. And then I take it for like a week and a half and I see parasites start to cleanse out of my body. I even see eggs or flukes. And, and I've had patients and I've seen this in my own life. And then you go, okay, it stopped. And you're like, oh, my bloating went away. And then after a week and a half, bloating started to come back. Why did it stop? Yeah. Because some docs see this, you see on, online, they, they believe in a shotgun effect. So they'll say, okay, well, if we give a ton of herbs, the infections can't get used to it. Shotgun effect, we're going to kill them all off. And then other docs say, no, you need to know single ingredients because we have to know which ones will kill them off at one time, but you don't want somebody going to Herx or getting sick. So you at least know which one works for you, which one works. I'm not exactly sure, but I would suggest that we have to, you have to keep an eye on it because you can take the same thing over and over again, which I think can work in its own way. But if you get to that point where it's like, it's coming back, it's like they may have gotten used to it and they hide in their biofilm. 
So yeah. what they do is like they, they make it and then they go back inside and hide in it. Explain what the biofilm is, because that may be new language for somebody. And they're and they're like, what is this biofilm he's talking about? Biofilms are like, let, think, think about your teeth. Your teeth create plaque. So if you have bacteria like gingivitis or anything like that or gingiva up in your gum line and you eat ba- uh, foods like carbs or starches in excess, they grow and create a plaque. And what does a bacteria do? It's protected by the plaque. Yeah. That's why it hard. And the same thing happens in your sinuses, in your gut. In your lungs, there's biofilms that are found everywhere. And so whenever a film is created by a bacteria or a fungus or a parasite, they're using it to protect itself from your antibodies. So people would think, what does that mean? It means that you have good biofilm. God created biofilm to have good ones. So if you had a good biofilm that were created by certain types of uh, beneficial bacteria, those are the ones that help you digest dairy and digest gluten. And help you create enzymes to build your immune system. So they're good. There's good biofilm. But when you get excess of staph or strep or whatever is coming in or from a parasite, those are the ones that are like become the quorum sensing. Those are the ones that are yeah. talking to each well, other. Well, because they attract, right? Like I could be wrong in this, but so correct me if I am. But in these biofilms, so say you have like a yeast or fungus, they can actually attract other maybe undesirable bacterias viruses, things like that. And they all, so essentially you could have good biofilms because we are mostly microbes. So we have a lot of good bacteria that help us produce enzymes, just like you're talking about. But then we also have a lot of things that can become a pathogenic overload for our body. So you get kind of a congregation of all of these things collectively together, and then they start to crowd out. Is that, that it's exactly right. Because okay. I always think about it, like I always have these really corny scenarios in my head, like, cause it makes me understand it better. Cause for instance, if they congregate, it's like people that have the chronic parasites. And if you think of it weakens an organ because of emotional fatigue in the organ, I always think that it's like, like I don't want to, you know, cause offense. If, if there was a neighborhood that wasn't the best neighborhood and there wasn't a lot of uh, protection or a lot of, you know, enforcement, where does like some of the, the robbers go? They'll go to the place where there's not a lot of immune or a lot of support. So there's always a congregation of those infections to go to the weakened area until they deplete it fully of its nutrients. And then they have to jump ship and go somewhere else. Mm. And that's another subject. When you get accumulation, so you'll find people with parasites and then parasites can accumulate viruses and mold and yeast. And then there's other ones, girl, like if they're, they're saying now that certain parasites, when they've done parasite research, even they will cut them open and they'll find evidence of metals, heavy metals like yeah. mercury and, and cadmium and aluminum. And then they'll find other bacteria in them or even viruses. So there's this, there's this whole nother realm of micro, uh, microbiology that says that these are actually there in a sense sometimes to protect you because if you didn't, the host would die. Yeah. So the parasite's like, no, no, no. He's got to survive. So they'll consume things. Yeah. So it's, there, there's a lot of uh, talk about how the accumulation works. But to get back to it, I hope I didn't rabbit trail. But it is crazy because when you start to clean, like you say, I'm going to clean out a parasite. And all of a sudden you go get a test. It goes, oh, I've got Epstein-Barr. And then you go back and say, well, strep is showing up. I was like, well, of course it did because you encounter those things every day and they're going to go to your weak point. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is so wild. So here's something too. What are your thoughts? Because in my mind, I always used to think parasites are always just in the gut. So mm-hmm. I'm just picturing, you know, the long tube of just what your upper and lower intestine and everything look like. And there's all these different microbes and like, that's where the parasites go. And then I started finding out about liver flukes, how a lot of the flukes can even end up in your gallbladder. And so, and there can be all of this, and then you can go to the lungs and I'm just thinking like, oh shoot, like there's stuff everywhere. So please explain that because I, I feel like most people are thinking, okay, parasites, gut, yes, that's predominantly where we see a lot of these infections can be in the gut. But like you said, they can jump ship. So they start soaking up, you know, and they do. They feed off of all kinds of heavy metals and things like that, which actually it's crazy because not only one does it spare the host from absorbing that in their tissues, but it also now feeds and strengthens these pathogens in a way that becomes really hard for them you know, for you to have a good, strong, robust immune system, like you won't be chronically, your immune system would just be flat because they are 
they're sitting at the top of the hill, right? Yeah. They've got the crown on their head and yeah. they're they're calling the shots. They're not letting your immune system do anything that it needs to. So a lot of people that have chronic colds and they can't seem to clear colds, I'm like, okay, there may be something going on there. I mean, it's opened up my brain. You're like, whenever um, me and Courtney talk about these things, like we're taking account of what everybody's trying to thinking out there. Because when you say I'm the king of the hill, when you have like these individuals, these individuals, these microbes talking to each other and they go to other organs, the crazy thing is, is that the the matrices, the biofilms, the infections have been known and they've studied them that they can actually release their own biochemicals and biotoxins that suppress your immune system. So they know what they need to suppress to limit the activity of T lymphocytes or B lymphocytes and things of that sort. And I know that's around that. It's like, it's like in sense when I read, it's like over my head because there's so much good information about how when it depletes the organ. Now, this is the kicker for me. When it depletes the organ or wherever it's at, like in the colon or in the small intestine, we do a cleanse. You start to see some of your symptoms come back. I like in Chinese medicine how you'll start to see this place in the lungs. So I don't want to get too technical, but it, it would be like if you got a fluke and people say, well, you know, I just, you know, we got it from your digestion. I'm like, no, there's a lot of parasites that can get through insisted forms and get into your lungs and you breathe them in. And then you think, well, weakened states in one area with this biofilm there's a lot of electrical connectivity from one organ to the next, a lot of neurological, like let's say your large intestine is really weak. There's a lot of connection between that and your lungs. So if you draw a lot of energy away from your nervous system and from your immune system because there's so much infections, it will naturally start to pull the energy away from your large intestines, I mean your lungs. That's how like, like Chinese medicine uh, cycles work. So then you start to get weaker lungs. And so you, ha- you got to realize that microbes know when another organ's weak, it's going to go there. And so they'll do their best to get into your lymph system. They'll do their best to get in your bloodstream. They're going to go where they say, hey, this is free reign. I'm going to go there. So in Chinese medicine, we talk on the Institute, we're like, okay, this is the connectivity of the clocks. And this is why it happens. I'm like, we then go, okay, large intestines weak. No wonder you have lung infection. Yeah. And you'll have them all over. I had a lady come in the other day. Okay. This is kind of different. I'll, I'll go down this rabbit trail, but I know we're talking about parasites, but I want you to know the, the importance of biofilm. So the patient came in and she had, um, she was getting sick, but she kept showing on her pulse points that her heart and her arteries were always in jeopardy, like it was pericardium. I'd work on her heart meridian, pericardium, got her back to normal, like got to where she was stable, but she still had to use, you know, her uh, blood pressure med and stuff at a lower rate because I don't get into that with their doctors. But I always find her lungs and her oxygenation points. And I'd always find through my scanning with kinesiology, frequency medicine, you know, I had to verify, but I kept finding candida yeast. Mm. And I found that there was some kind of, kind of biofilm. And I was like, what is going on? Like, but her joints always hurt. And so I was like, I don't know about, but I think there's some kind of film. There has to be a hidden yeast or some infection there. I didn't see her at a two-week appointment or three-week appointment. Her daughter calls me and says, hey, she's in the hospital. And she's having heart stuff. And I was like, oh, man, I hope she's okay. Well, she had a really good doc that was really inquisitive. And the doc said, hey, this is something that I've never seen before. I need to send you to the infectious disease doctor. She had histoplasmosis fungus that was in her lymph nodes around her trachea. Because every time I worked on her back in the Chinese associated points is around her lungs, her trachea, and esophagus with the yeast signal. And they found that it would spread systemically. So she had fungal toxins pouring and it made her legs swell so bad it was shutting down her kidneys. She had, they said she had RA and this is what I get excited. I get really, she had, they said she had RA. When they got rid of the, they started giving her antifungals, all her RA symptoms went away. Her parents have been told, her aunts and uncles, all them, that they all had RA. Can you imagine if genetically they were prone to get fungus and yeast? Yeah. And it passed through generations. Like you say, spiritually, generational things pass. Yeah, yeah. Can miasms and genetics pass it? Yes, I'm getting all that to say, guys. Biofilms are important. And organ weakness is, uh, there's a big relationship with that. And I hope I just didn't get on a whole rabbit trail with that. But that's the, the, the energy and the synergy, synergy that can occur in microbes and parasites in the body and even yeast and fungus. That's wild. That story <laughs> is wild. So what is the connection between the emotion and the organ because I think that's important. I think mm-hmm. you're, you know, alluding to, especially when we talk about generational stuff, because we can pass down, I mean, there's so many different things. That's like a whole nother podcast that we could do. Yeah. But 
speaking of emotions too, because we're, when we talk about chronic infection, things that don't seem to quite clear, yeah. there's always that emotional connection with the different organs. So what is it about, maybe explain some of the different organs and the emotion associated with it and why maybe some people might be dealing with the same thing. They're on the hamster wheel around and around oh, they go yeah. because they can't seem, they, like you said, they're, they're good. They have a good couple of weeks and then all of a sudden, and then we can talk about the lunar cycles because that, again, that plays into the whole life cycle of parasites, but we'll just save that one for a minute. When we talked about like um, how an emotion will store into an organ, whenever we talked about biofilm, just to make the connectivity, a patient will come to me and they'll say, well, what's occurring? Why am I feeling this emotion? And if, it, if the symptoms come back and I have evidence of biofilm keeping the infection there, for instance, we have to realize like the infection toxins in the biofilm are releasing toxins that can actually affect your neurology. Mm. So it's getting into your digestive tract. It's screwing up a lot of your neurotransmitters, especially if you're dealing with histamine as a neurotransmitter, serotonins, certain types of dopamine, acetylcholine, different types of neurotransmitters, which are peptides that tell your nerves how to fire signals. So you have all these different types of infections that are screwing up your body's natural peptides, the proteins, to tell your nerves when to fire. So you get brain fog, ADD, ADHD, OCD, bipolar. You can have all these things happen. Now think about the biofilm affecting your emotions. So patients go, what can I do to help the biofilm? So I'll suggest there are certain enzymes. There are certain types, like even in the heart, there's biofilms. You can do like serapeptase and there's different types of natokinase. If you guys want to know more, maybe we'll do more talks about enzymes. But there are enzymes you can research that talk about biofilm busters. But you have to be careful. Because it's affecting your emotions. If you do it too quickly, you'll let all the robbers out too quickly. And then your nervous system's like, I can't handle all these. So you have to really get a really competent parasitic doctor or fungal doctor to help you with finding the not right enzymes to help break it down. Now, the emotions of it are, let's say, the large intestine, because that's where a lot of parasites hang out, or the small intestines. So the large intestine has to do with your control. You can control when you have a bowel movement or not. Sometimes you can't because you have explosive diarrhea or something of that sort. <laughs> but usually if you hear about people who are anal retentive, because you are training your parasympathetics and sympathetics to be able to, I'm always on the go, so I'm going to tighten down my digestion and I'm not going to go to the restroom. That's control. So the Chinese medicine mm. say you have control issues because I have to take control and make things work. So the constipated people are control freaks. They can be, very <laughs> much so. And so whenever you have constipation, slow moving bowels and colon, that's an emotion that Chinese medicine would relate to the colon. Control, there can be sadness because you're not letting go. Yeah. So then if you have a biofilm built up in there, then you start to see that people have heavy parasites in their large intestine mm. have problems letting go. And so I will tell individuals, I never, I never separate the emotion from the organ. I don't care whatever I find in the organ. It could be a biochemical issue or structural issue. There's some emotion in there. The large intestines is most active from 5 to 7 a.m. So you're supposed to get a lot of energy there, break up a lot of that film, have a bowel movement. But what if you have problems with control or hold, let, not letting go? You'll be constipated. You won't go in the morning. You'll be crabby because you're constipated. And you'll, you'll rob the energy from the stomach, which is coming up at 7 to 9. So you're supposed to eliminate to empty up space so your stomach will take the, that morning's meal. So you will have, lose your appetite. Oh, you man. You see how that stuff works? So you yeah. go, okay, that went there. So let's say that or the small intestine. Do you ever have individuals that come up to you and they go, these are like small symptoms, guys. They'll look at you. I'm serious. They have like pimples or they have bumps on the back of their arms or on the back of yeah. their shoulders. And they say, I have a chronic breakout. That's all small intestinal meridian line. No way. So you find a kid that has little bumps on the back of their arms. Like, what is it? He has SIBO. Small yeah. intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Now, the emotions of the small intestine are going to be abandonment, desertion. Nobody, everybody's out to get me. I'm all alone. Yeah. Everything I do doesn't mean anything. So when I have a patient come in and they're going, man, I just feel like nobody cares about me. Mm. I'm on my own. I, and if they have parasites, I go, it's heavy in your small intestine. Yeah. Then I look for all the bumps on the back of the arms. I look for them to have elbow pain. I look for them to have pinky pain, almost like heart pain. And you think, oh, that's weird. It's like, no, it's the electrical activity God gave you. So I'm saying like, if we made a few examples, guys. So the, the meridian clock, like Courtney's saying, like when we're dealing with parasites, you have to find out when your digestive issues hit you. So if you get up in the middle of the night, say you go to bed at 10 or not, and you get up at like 12 or 1 a.m., you know what's happening? There's probably some kind of parasite or it's eggs or hatching or some kind of larva movement in those organs because your body takes a lot of your electricity, literally, to your liver at night because your body's cleaning your blood and making bile in your liver. 
What if there's other critters in there? Your body's going to go wake up. And so your emotion, you get tired and your blood's not cleaned. This is how it works. You have dirty blood and then it gets close to your heart the next day. And you have toxins in your blood. What are you going to do? You get cranky. You get mad. Yes. That's why the liver is anger and frustration. I have dirty blood. I can't get rid of it. See how it kind of like makes sense how the Chinese would say this is like dirty blood and, you know, liver stagnation. And we're like, you're just angry. And he has, but in Western medicine, the problem with parasites is we don't find out about it until it's like too far gone in some sense, because we want to, we want to stop it off the pass. And we talk about all our health stuff on Instagram. We're like, if you find the symptoms of getting up in the morning and you're angry and you, you can't go to sleep, you're up in the middle of the night. I automatically go liver. If they say something like, I feel abandoned or deserted, and I say, do you get really tired right at around midday after lunch? That's small intestine time. Small intestine. Mm. See how it all works? It's like That's time crazy. of day, symptom, yeah. and then you go, and, and people think it's really complicated. It is not. You just look at a clock, see if you have a symptom at that time, look at the meridian line to see if the symptoms occur on that line, if you have a rash, eczema, something like that, and then find out, like, let's say it was a small intestine. Do you feel nourished? Do you feel like you're always empty in your gut from your, I can't, I'm so hungry. Because your small intestine is not absorbing nutrients. Yeah. See, isn't it crazy fun how it's, this all works out? Yeah. So I feel like, so do you start with the question of the emotions or do you start with the clock? And like, what's the sequence in which you're thinking about it? Because now I'm beginning to think like, okay, I need to like look this up and see what the patterns are so I can start to put that together. I think there's two ways, but I always try to start with their emotions. Okay. Because people, unless you're very numb to the way you feel. If you have an individual who's like, I'm not going to open up myself to know how I think, then I go with this time of the symptom. Okay. If you're an individual out there who's very in touch with their feelings seriously, and you know yourself so well, you go, man, I am super fearful. Yeah. I'm afraid all the time. I'm anxious. Fear has to go with kidney and bladder. So then I go this. I'll go, okay, find our charts. We can give you on Ancient Health Podcast and go, fear has to do with kidney and some bladder. And then I go, what's the time of day that that's most active? 3 to 5 p.m., 5 to 7 p.m., like that when you're supposed to nourish your body. Are you super tired in the afternoon or do you have UTIs constantly because that's kidney or do you have yellow pee? Do you have hot pee? Do you urinate like frequently? Get up in the middle of the night and then I go fearful. I go, there it is. Wow. So you can actually not diagnose yourself, but you can actually, if you take a good assessment, you go, oh man, I must have a kidney infection. Yeah. See, you think some people out there are going to be like, dude, that's easy for you to say because you do this all day. But if you really look at the charts and look, I say, keep it simple. So look at your emotions. Look at the time of day you have your symptoms. The organ that's associated with, do you have symptoms associated with that organ? Yeah. So when people come in, like uh, in Chinese medicine, like when they have symptomatology, they'll say like, well, um, I have frequent urination. Um, I have constipation mixed with diarrhea. And, and, con- and then I go then I go from that, just from that, I'll go and I ask them the question about their emotions. If they urinate a lot, it's like, do you get fearful a lot? Are you afraid of stuff? Yeah. They go, yep. And then you go back generations. You go, did your mom or your dad make you afraid? And that's when it gets really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's opening a can <laughs> of like, worms. Really, like, it's opening it's a, a can of worms for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so then say somebody thinks... You know, they're like, okay, I'm starting to put these things together. I think maybe it's my bladder. I think I have a bladder infection. So then what should they do? Like, then what's the next step in the way that you start thinking about how you would approach healing? I, I always want to correlate everybody that's listening to say that I'm not against like Western medicine testing. Usually when I find that, I will send them to their PCP and say, hey, I think you should get a UTI or get a urinalysis to see if you have a hidden UTI. Um, the problem is a lot of infections, like we talked about parasitic infections, there are that go into the bladder. Tons. Strongyloides will do it. It's a threadworm. You can have different types of roundworms. When it occurs, if they're smart, they'll get into the tissue itself on the side of the walls. So they'll, de- they'll escape detection. And even bacterial infections like staph or strep are so hard against the walls, they're not going to probably present themselves within the urine. When they find that, I say, well, go get that check. If they don't find it, which I've had happen. I say, you need to go to a good Chinese medicine. I do acupuncture, of course, but when they're, they're talking to me, I say, you need to go to a good acupuncturist or Chinese medicine doctor. And this is the reason why. If you strengthen your bladder and kidney up to allow the natural strength to get healed up, plus I also tell them they may have to get some emotional clearing technique. Yeah. If you do that, your energy to that organ will increase and the own immune system will start to detach that stuff from the tissue and then it'll start coming out in your urine. 
And then you send them back three months later and they have it. I'm telling you, I've seen, I'm not, I'm getting adamant because it's like, it's like clockwork. You'll go there and it's like, okay, uh, they said I didn't have anything there. I'm like, let's work on it for a little bit and strengthen at the bladder wall and do some points. And then they go, oh goodness, my urine is a little hotter. I actually noticed some flex in my urine. Um, it has a different smell. The yeah. smell is crazy. And I'm like, okay. And they go, it's almost pungent. You know, they'll talk about it. It smells like ammonia sometimes. And I'm like, bingo. Yeah. You've got ammonia or you got, they call them indole, indolic acids. They, they have malonic acids or indole, I'm sorry, and malonic acids. And you go, they smell different. And then you go send them off and they go, oh yeah, there's quite a bit of evidence. In fact, my mom, they were saying her UTIs were really, really clean. And I started putting her on a different herbal and I knew she had Lyme disease. And I'll, we'll talk about that in another time. But we sent her off to get a different urinalysis because they check for different proteins. And she had seven to eight different types of Lyme disease infections. So A, it's just like getting the bladder, bladder strengthened up to get it opened up and then you'll find them. And then we start to talk about herbals. But I want to say like, guys, don't ever underestimate the power of doing a good emotional clearing yeah. to allow the organs to get strength because you're, I hate to use the word dead, but the organs get kind of dead inside because you're so emotionally yeah. tired, right? Yeah. That, that is so true. What is the emotion that is attached to um, the bladder? Bladder would be, I'm paralyzed. I can't move forward. I'm stuck. Yeah. And so like, if you think about the function of the bladder is to hold things in, like you got to hold it in yeah. and you have to express your, your toxins. I can get really, really sophisticated when I say it, but it usually has to do with can't move forward, feel, feel paralyzed in life, fears like li heavily fears and because and, their bladder and kidney are one because what happens when you get really afraid? Pee your pants. Oh, I didn't even think about you think that. that. Right. <laughs> so you lose all that function because yeah. the parasympathetic, sympathetic um, uh, exchange with those organs with the vagus nerve. The bladder is uh, that point where the the meridians go right through the bladder and up through the kidneys, which insert the kidneys have this little muscle called the iliac psoas. It's it inserts right beside basically the base of your L1, L2, which is around the flanks. So everybody says, I have a kidney infection right here. And then they'll go, man, my hips are really tight. I can't, I'm not flexible yeah. anymore. And so what you'll find is that when you start to have fear and dread, like do you ever work in, and you say, even people in relations out there, and you guys are going to know who I'm talking about. And you go out yeah. there like, I don't even want to go home to my, to my family or go to home to my yeah. spouse. And you, so I can't move forward because the muscles of the psoas are hip flexors to make you move forward. And the kidneys are so locked down. Wow. That muscle will not move forward because your brain's telling your body, like, I don't want to go there. And so there's a mixture between your neurology and your electrical system and your emotions. When people feel paralyzed, like, I can't move forward. And you look at read a lot of books about the emotional aspects of movements and joints, and you look about it and like, oh my hips, kidneys, fear, I can't move forward. And that's how it all. And but yeah. don't think it's woo woo. Think about where the organ lines and sits in your body, and the meridians that run past it, and what the muscles are beside the organ. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. This went, is this so good. Well, you know, it really starts because I've been reading a lot of stuff just about psychology and how, how just the impact of the way that we think and how so much of the way that we act and behave is out of a place of sub, a subconscious mindset mm -hmm. because the body naturally is always going to do what it's the most familiar with, that it feels the most safe, the yep. safest place to be. And a lot of times those emotions, right, they can keep us stuck and they can keep us feeling and staying in an unhealthy pattern, but it's what we know. So even if it's not for our better health, a lot of times like our mindset, those neural pathways are always going to take us to the same thoughts, the same emotions. Mm -hmm. And so what happens, like the disease stays with you, the symptoms stay with you. I experienced that with bladder. That's why I was like kind of sticking with it because I was interested to see what your thoughts were. We've talked about this before and you've worked on me too about this yeah. because it was after I had Marley over the summer and I was getting up like I had terrible bladder pain in the middle of the night. Like it just felt like someone was just punching me in the bladder. Like mm. it was, it was sharp, mm. like painful. Mm. And I kept thinking this is so weird. I've never had this feeling before. And I could tell like, it was definitely my bladder. And I was like, gosh, it's like, I don't know what to do about this. Like, I don't, I don't know. And it hit me every time be after I was asleep. And then I would wake up in like writhing in pain. And you were the one that pointed out, you were like, you have a bladder infection. I thought a bladder infection, like I've, I have no, I've never had that before. Mm -hmm. Turns out, you know, I did have a lot <laughs> of different infections, a lot of different weird things going on, but I was also very much in a place where 
you know, the year of 2022 was a lot to handle. Then having a very traumatic birth of a baby. And I really was like my body locked up. Mm-hmm. It was like, mm. we are not like, we're not taking on anymore. We're not engaging anymore. I completely shut down on an emotional level. And I didn't even really realize it because the only thing I could see was what I was just trying to handle and hold up every single day. So it's like, you're not even aware, you know, for most people, it's like, you're just living the reality that you know, Mm. but that is not your actual conscious state of being. That is not actually the real, like, if you could just extract yourself, like pull yourself out of your body yeah. and then really see it, mm. you would all of a sudden have so much compassion for yourself, most likely, because you would start to see, wow, there's a lot that I'm carrying. And look at all the different places in my body that it's affecting. And it, so that emotional component and like one thing that if you're listening, like just this is something that I have recently learned and I feel that it has set me free in a lot of ways. You are not your emotions and you're not your thought patterns. Like you are not those things. You have them. Mm -hmm. You have emotions. You have feelings. You have thoughts. But they do not define you as a person. Mm -hmm. So don't wear them as a label. And if you, when you can start to identify and put words to those things Mm -hmm. and you can allow yourself to process them, like have a moment, feel the feeling of sadness, feel the grief. Like, it's not that you need to avoid it or that you need to say like, well, that's just not me. I'm not going to, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to think about the thing that brought me the sadness in my life because I know that that's going to put me in a position where I'm going to feel worse. Like, no, stop what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Have a moment to process that emotion, but let it flow through you like water. Mm -hmm. Like it needs to come and then it needs to go because when it comes in and then it gets stuck and then we start to feel the anger and then it makes us more miserable. And we can't ever identify like what it is that we're trying to process anyway. And life's in such a hurry and we're all so busy. We're missing out on the biggest piece of your health puzzle if we just skirt past that. And oh, yes. like at the end of the day, like what kind of life are you experiencing? Are you really experiencing the life that you could be living or are you just living in what you're aware of? Just this subconscious you know, state of reactivity. You're just responding to everything. I, I mean, you put it so well because it, my heart goes out to you in that year. It was such a hard year for you. And yeah, when the individuals that have gone through such hardship, when we, when you talked about being numb, yeah, the hardest part, especially like, let's say with your bladder and with individuals out there, we're using that as, a, as an example. And let's say you did have parasitic activity that lodged in your kidneys or your bladder. You have to realize that if you're numb and you're living in a subconscious state, you're living in a repetitive program. And, and the body internally knows what it wants to do its best to keep you in balance. So I hope that makes sense. It may communicate with your infections more than you consciously would, right? Who wow. talks to their, their infections? Nobody. But is it possible? This is what other microbiologists say that if, let's say you had complete fear, I can't move forward in life and you're bladder and your kidney are getting inundated with such amounts of bacteria that naturally comes through your food and viruses that let's say you had parasites that lodged in there and the body's like, well, maybe you can hang around so you can clean some of these up for me. That's one avenue they say that could happen. I don't, I mean, I've seen, I, I can't say I know that for a fact, but if that something's in there and your body innately is saying, I'm hurting hmm. and it allows something to stay there to quote, try to help you out, but then they poop and they get off their toxins and now you're double sick because you're not you're numb to yourself and so that's why we reiterate your emotions like you have to look at it because if your kidneys keep getting infected and you keep having UTIs you better look at your fear because your body listens and the infections are there and they like your body's like I need help and that's why I think and I love Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine where you think I've got to get to a point where I'm in balance because God made us in, in that aspect. Like, I think it's amazing. Like, we're supposed to be in balance. So we're supposed to have enough energy in our organs that share relationships so well, like you would have a good relationship with your family, that you each carry your own load. So every organ is supposed to carry its own load. And the organ is supposed to metabolize a certain type of emotion with its toxins related. Like, if I got anger, my liver is supposed to help metabolize those hormones. If I've got fear, bladder, kidney. Okay, so the list goes on. But when they communicate, that's why we talk about in Ancient Health Podcast about balance. So when there's a communication and not feeling numb, 
we want the body to like talk to itself and have a well-rounded because when we talk about elements, remember this guys, if you're experiencing a negative emotion, like I'm numb or I'm angry, I feel this and I point, pinpoint it to an organ, it's only because you're not sharing communication to your other organs. And that parasite could be in that main organ draining your communication with the other. And better yet, when there's communication, where there's this flow of energy, how God created it, if I'm a wood element, my main organs are my liver and my gallbladder because I'm taller, I'm thin. That means the positive aspects of my personality should exhibit themselves. I should be a go-getter. I take an idea, I make it grow like the trees. I can make them spring forward. The negative aspects of it is I'm always angry, but you should have enough balance that when you get angry, you should let it pass right through you. Because God's in control. I trust that it's going to be okay. It should pass right through me. But when I hold on to it and I store it in that organ that's sick, I held on to it because that tells me I'm yeah. always angry. There could be a parasite in there. There could be an infection in there. So isn't it great? It's because if you really analyze it, you're like, I'm numb to myself. I'm not talking. They're not communicating. Parasites are building up. And I know we, I hope you guys that are listening to us, when we talk about emotions, I'm saying it's probably one of the most important parts of your whole being. Yeah. And we, then you can even go into your genetics about, is your dad angry? Is your mom angry? Do you have, is your mate have paralyzed will and complete fear in their lives? Does it resonate with you? It definitely can. So we don't say it negatively. We say it lovingly. We want you to find your element. We want you to find that yeah. positive aspect of who you are. But remember, if, it's, if the if parasite's always affecting your lymph nodes or something, look at that organ, look at that emotion and go, I'm numb to it. Why am I not going to it? And one more thing, I just say that when they give off the infection toxins in that area, remember it, it decreases communication. So it makes you even more numb if you're not careful. And you got to look at that emotional aspect. I think what, what I'm taking away from this, this whole conversation is that it is so critical that you get to know yourself. And I think that that's, that's really what we try to do on this whole platform is mm -hmm. really to help people educate, just to educate people on their own bodies. But it's more than just understanding your body so that you can find a solution to your symptom or a mm -hmm. solution to your health problem. It's knowing yourself in a way that nobody else probably will know because it's changing all the time. Like you said, there's communication, there's frequency, there's this electrical component of our bodies. Like we're energetic beings. So you've got to be able to have a finger on the pulse. Like you've got, it's like, it's not a static okay, I have one good evaluation of my body. This is what I am. This is who I am. This is how I feel. Like it's a constant, yeah. it's constantly evaluating, but on that subconscious level of, hey, I think I need to stop. Like I'm getting in a pattern where I'm, I can tell that there's imbalance in my body. Yeah. When you can take the time to really learn and process, like what is my body actually trying to tell oh, yeah. me? Like, what does it need? Oh, that's so good because you know, when people, when we talk about like, you get to a point where you're clearing out parasites and guys, we're going, we'll tell you all some of the things we remedy with, but when you get to a point where you get to it with a parasite <clears throat> and you say, I get to a point like week and a half, two weeks and I feel like bloating comes back and you say, listening to your body. So why, like sometimes I hate to say when you go to like a, a Chinese medicine practitioner, not putting down any Chinese medicine practitioner, but a lot of times they'll go and they say, well, they put needles in me. They did this. They really didn't tell me anything. They just sort of, they say, well, you got some spleen chi and like who out there is really going to know? Like, I don't really know what the spleen chi means or yeah. anything, but knowing yourself is like why we talk about one of the biggest things I would tell everybody to do is get the circadian Ori clock. It's called the Chinese Ori, H-O-R-A-R-Y and study it. And you can find some good ones on the internet. It tells you the organ related, the time of day that you have symptoms, the emotions with it and the symptomatology you can have. You can really research it out. But when I go back to my Chinese medicine practitioner, let's say a week and a half stops and I want to know more about myself. And I go, okay, I stopped processing something for some reason. Mm. And then I go back and I try to find out from my practitioner what's, what's going on. They're like, okay, well, your large intestine's really blocked up. Then I go to the chart at home and I go, oh, I've got control issues. What am I trying to control in my life? That's crazy. What am I trying to do to keep me from processing for what's making me feel like I can't move forward if it's a bladder. So I go with what they tell me and then I go back and I look at it and then I go meditate and pray about it. And I go, Lord, let, you, know, I, you know, I'm Christian. So I, you know, I pray about it. I'm like, what is going on in my life? Like, what am I doing that wouldn't help me go forward? I always say the symptoms, you stop being afraid of the symptoms so badly because mm -hmm. you realize it's just a block of communications. And you're saying, well, there's some infection, the, the parasite, but I have to be open to the communications come to me. So they'll go, oh, I don't want that. I feel like I have an anxiety attack. Oh, face it. Feel it. 
Yeah. Let it come through you yeah. because you would be surprised the communication will open up and you're telling the rest of your body like, no, communication's fine. Do yeah. It. And I, I mean that like, I just say that's how it's, it's not simple, but like when we talk about like, what are the steps? And then I say with your Chinese medicine practitioner, we go like, here are some herbs that you need to take to help with the strengthening of the organ or to help with the parasites. But it's all about knowing who you are. It's all about how your body communicates within itself. I used to always think that my favorite subject matter, even is like psycho neuroimmunology, it's like about how your brain interacts with your organs because your immune system reacts about how you think and how you view life. But there's such a quandary with parasites. They give off so many toxins. Um, they, they've actually can cre- create a quorum with you to where you actually get used to the way they feel. So let's say this. Okay, Courtney, let's go down. This, yeah, this, this yeah. is fun. Let's say somebody in your life makes you feel afraid and they make your bladder really tired and then you accumulate parasites and then you resonate with that parasite and it becomes normal to you. Yeah. You adapted. And the feeling that that person in your life gives you is related to the parasite in your life. Oh my God. Would you think then that you start to resonate with that person as a parasite in your life? <laughs> this is this is like blowing my mind to think about a little bit. Yeah, that, that person in my life, blah, 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 is a parasite. Yeah. And you resonate with the parasite and the parasite sits that right well, at home. Now this brings up something else that's so important because we're not just talking about our own individual body and the emotions we're feeling, but we're always in relationship with one another, whether they're friendships or it's a parent-child relationship or it's a romantic relationship. Those relationships have a direct correlation connection to our the emotions that we're processing like we're we're receiving those emotions mm-hmm. on a level that we really aren't aware of especially if we're sharing space with people and it's like you're just doing life you know and it's like well no I, i'm not stopping to think about you know how my parenting or my my uh relationship with my parents or whatever it is is affecting me it's like I just that's just a relationship that exists, but you don't realize what it's doing to your own health. No, you're right. It's like and it, it's amazing that when people talk about getting rid of their parasites and this may be kind of going a different route for most people. But this is a big thing in parasitic cleansing because this is a big thing in my practice because I can sit there and give you all the herbs all day. I can tell you every single thing. And sometimes it keeps coming back. And I'm like and most people come and say like the relationships in their life and how they view them. Yeah. And then they let go of that. And then they get better. And then I've, I'm not kidding, guys. I've seen patients that have like viewed somebody in their life as parasitic or it's just a detriment to their life. And they let go in a positive way or have amends with that person or something to have forgiveness in their heart. And they do the different things. And what it does is this is what they call standing wave theory, is that if the parasites in your bladder, your colon or wherever it's at, and it's created a relationship with you. And you've related that and tagged that onto that emotion in your gut and that gut emotions related to a person. If you practice a, a complete opposite way of thinking of like within yourself, as in you're not trying, like, I don't want to be angry. I want to, I want to live in complete, like, I want to live in love and I will live in forgiveness. You literally flip the waveform. You create, instead of the sine wave, you c- create the cosine wave. They call it out of phase in music. And so you can actually balance some of the signals. So the, the infection cannot keep that resonant wavelength with you, like connectivity, because you turned it, flipped it upside down. So the more you practice forgiveness or love and compassion on the outside, you're trying to set up your insides to where it's like, well, I don't need, really need you. I, you can't set up shop in here because you, I can't resonate with you anymore. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's like how what's insides out, what's outsides in, you know, it's, it's, yeah. we really tagging, this is going really great. We're really talking about how we view our relationships too. Yeah. Community. Yeah. I mean, I think having boundaries, I think this is really important because I think our relationships play a massive role in how our bodies feel. Mm-hmm. And if we are if we are not evaluating the impact that that's having, then that's something that needs to be visited. And those boundaries need to be put in place because you cannot allow the energy and the frequency and the emotions of somebody else just siphon you, just literally suck you dry. Like there's oh, got man, to be, yes. like the, you will never experience healing. You won't. And, and, and think about too, like people out there are probably thinking the opposite way. They're like, Hey, I've given everything I got. Yeah. And this person's not doing what they're supposed to do. And you're so tired and so drained. You go, there is no way I have the energy to show yeah. love or forgiveness. Yeah. That would then turn me into a practitioner that goes, okay, 
I'm not telling you how to fix this relationship. What I am trying to ask you to do, since you've created an environment that the parasites could hold on to your body, is to, you need to do coffee enemas. You need to go and do things cleansing out of there. You need to take these herbals and such to help open up that organ and give some nutrients and give it some energy so that maybe your body can be more aware of the the deeper relationship with that person. So it doesn't mean it makes you go hunky-dory like, this is the best person now. Not at all. It's about creating awareness. And so those are the things like we've talked about. Like, guys, I'll tell you my personalness story. I have Lyme Lyme disease and strongyloides parasites so badly. And I was so numb that I would go to work and I would just work. And I don't even remember. I'm not kidding. Part of my my days with Lyme because I was just so numb. And I started getting colonics every week for six months. Every week. I got a gravity-fed system by my sweet friend, Cannon Lee. She used to watch me get <laughs> That's colonic. Talk about a relationship. The person that gives you a colonic every week. Oh, she, um, it, you, you become so close to them because- I mean, it's a very she vulnerable was so experience. Sweet and I, and you, you're very vulnerable. Yeah. And then uh, she used to go, she knew she could, whenever gravity fed, fed system, you can, she holds the tube because they put a pipe up your tailbone, to your tail, and then they, they start flushing out with warm water and you can start to, she could feel the tension rise. So she would fill my stomach and she would start to go and she'd start to feel things move. And she'd go, oh, here's a lot of anger right here. Mm. And she'd go, wow. hold on to your brain. She goes, oh, here comes those demons. Here it comes. <laughs> and I'm yeah. telling you guys. And for the first three months, I started to notice that I actually started to feel myself again. Like I was like, oh, OK. I started I stopped having flu symptoms every time I got a colonic. And what it did do for me was this. I got about six months. I, I didn't have to do as much anymore. It made me realize how emotionally distraught I really was. Mm. I was so numb to it. I was so tired and fatigued yeah. with everything. And I was like, I, I don't even know how to relate to anybody. I just don't, my family, nothing. And it's like, I didn't have the energy. I had to have an outside source to bring some energy back into my system. So we talk about, you know, enemas, coffee enemas, uh, you know, we, people do, uh, they do castor oil packs and, and those are all great things because they help. And I'm going to tell you a few herbs here in a bit, but we, but really I learned that it was like, I can't believe how aware I got from it. Isn't that crazy? Because, yeah. you know, we both so, had experience with, you know, good enemas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love a good enema. But to me, it's just like the only place I can get away. Trent's going to laugh at that one. I love me a good enema. You know, it was funny because so we had somebody over the other day. who was like friends. This was like two days ago. And the enema bucket was like, I had just been cleaning it and I had like cleaned out all the hosing and all this stuff. And it's like sitting there next to our pots and pans. And like my daughter's little friend's like, what's that? And Sadie's like, oh, that's the enema. And her parents were standing right there. And I wish that we had a camera in the house just to like see the expression on their face. It was like, is that really what I think it is? And I'm like, yes. And I just left it at that. I was like, it's it's definitely an enema bucket. <laughs> have, but have you felt you we talked about you felt that it's oh really gosh. brought more like vibrance to your body and more hundred percent. I mean, I I'm doing wheatgrass enemas now. I mean, I just it's here's the thing. And you made a great point about this. Like sometimes you really do need to bring in some support. And I think that a lot of times, even in functional medicine, we can put we can take the remedy what we think is, you know, hey, this has been around forever. It works. It's natural. It's going to support your body. But we think that that is the fix. It's like, well, I just wasn't doing the enemas and the castor oil and the essential oils. And like you go on and on and on. None of these things are bad. But a lot of times, and I'm so guilty of this, I look at my body, my health, the way that I'm feeling every day. And I think, oh gosh, well, I wish I had more energy. I wish, you know, I don't understand. I feel like I'm metabolically like kind of sluggish. I feel X, Y, and Z. And I immediately start thinking, what is it that I'm missing? Like, what supplement am I missing? What therapy am I missing? Do I need to be in the sauna more? Do I need to be getting more sunshine? Do I need to be wearing my blue blockers? Do I need to be? It's like I start creating this whole algorithm of like what I need to do so that my body feels a little bit better mm-hmm. without ever asking the question of like what is going on inside, like between my ears in my brain. Like, Am I hurting? Like, is my heart hurting? Is my, am I thinking about things that are not for me? You know, that God's like, that, that's not for you to pick up. Like, that is not yours right now. But I, in my mind, I'm so hell bent on getting to that one thing 
then I'm wasting all this energy and time that is draining me at the end. I'm not getting anywhere. And I'm like, then I'm like, well, my body's just not responding. Like, I just don't feel good in the gym. And so maybe I need to take, you know, more whatever. It's like, there's so much disconnect there. That's why I really like this conversation because I think it's really, it's so revealing that if we are not doing the inner work, if we're not really addressing the mind, the body and the spirit, we are always going to be chasing the symptoms and we're always going to deal with disease. I love the way you put the avenue of where you say like when you don't pay attention to yourself or you think I have to do something else because you blame yourself a lot of times. And I I always try to remind patients, I always talk to them about rest Hmm. because they get to a point like, let's say guys, we hear even on Instagram or Facebook or we hear a whole many myriad of uh, information about this protocol is what you need because they call it the push and the catch. Kill off the infections and then you need these binders, which I'm not putting them down. They work. I'm saying that you need to kill it off. Then you need to catch the toxin and then you need to take this for this lining of your gut. And then you have to do this. And I'm not putting those down. I've done that with my patients. I get that. But then they get the, they take all of these things. And the first thing that a patient does when they stop or the, you know, we can have some bloating comes back or they feel like they have a little more constipation is they'll go, oh, man, what else can I take? And I my first rule is less is more. Mm-hmm. You're not going to increase. Why? Your body's telling you to rest. You're not something in your body's telling you you have to slow down and you need to rest. So I even tell people they'll even feel better when they stop taking stuff for three days. Why? Because their body needed the rest. They needed yeah. to build up the energy and they needed to become aware of something. Yeah. So then I say, this is the time to look in, meditate, pray, take a rest. Maybe cut your supplement supplements in half. You don't have to go changing everything. You don't have to get something brand new. In fact, the one thing I've learned over the years, Court, is that I used to think I was smart and I'd do, I mean, I'd give all these different supplements. And I use a system where I try to find priority systems. And my, my mentor is Dr. Dowdy. And I, I see he's a mad genius and I love him to death because he would tell me, he said, you know what, Chris? He says, if you have to really go over three to six supplements on a person, he goes, you got to be careful if they're very energy drained. So I find that whenever you get to that point where you're like, what else do I got to do? I was like, cut it down and your body will utilize small amounts of things in a great way, but you have to have rest. So when I see a lot of protocols and we can go like we can talk about this, like, you know, like you have tinctures and different herbals that will actually kill off things. But if you have a whole bunch of them, you're giving your body a ton of information. Wow. Like I got to kill all these things. Like it's going after things. I get it. But what if your liver or your colon is so bombarded with emotional energy, it can't take all the toxins you just released? Oh, man. Like, what are you going to do? Like, it's yeah. like you're, you're like you're in a relationship. It's like this person controls me all day and my yeah. colon shut down and you, you have that sla- low, slag and then you're like, oh, I got to take more supplements. I'm like, no, you may need to address the control issue that that's yeah. happening on your body and that herbal's pushing too much out of you right now. Yeah. So back off the herbal and address your control issues. Yeah. Wow. I like that you said that you refer to the herbals as communication. Like that's a lot of information. Totally. Because sometimes I just think we're like, oh, well that's, you know, we're just putting wormwood or neem or like any of these antimicrobials. And it's like, well, yeah, those are just the little fighters that go in there and just start busting stuff up. No, like your body has to metabolize all the things that you take in. Yep. So there's, it's a lot more than just like, I think sometimes in my simplistic mindset, I think of like, this scrubbing bubbles thing. And it's like, well, I'm just going to ingest this one thing and it's going to go in there. And it's like the little scrubbing bubbles and it's just going to like clean it all out. I don't think that like, hey, you know, your liver has to metabolize all of these things. Like there are so many sequences of events and all of these loops of energy and everything else that has to happen in order for even one supplement, you know, to be metabolized and carried out through the body. Like, it's not just like it goes down a tube and just clean stuff out and that's it. No, no, wait. like, because I always think that whenever somebody takes a tincture or a yeah. homeopathic and you say take one drop and they're like, one drop? No, the longer like a tincture sits, they say the stronger it gets. But what one of my mentors said, he said, remember that it's energetic communication. They all oh, hold frequency. Okay. What happens when I think about the best dessert I've ever had. Or let's say I just barely smell it or I get a small taste on my tongue of something. What does it do to your your whole nervous system? Wakes it up. And and you think like, you mean that little uh, morsel of information or a smell or a taste could actually make the whole system vibrate at a frequency that's amplified much more than the little piece? Yes. 
so if you had a little bit of neem, like some people are so, when they have parasites, I'll say, take some neem. And I'll say, take one pill three times a week. And they think there's no way that's going to help me. I'm like, you don't realize it's energetic information. And your liver or whatever can't take 10 of these. It can only take one. And, and, but the awareness part of it's like, then I go into the emotional aspect of it. And I'm like, okay, well, you got this, this, and this. You need to take care of this part of it and then go get some emotional clearing. And then when they do it, you would not believe how much more stuff they can take because they have the energy now to metabolize. So it's the journey. It's like literally after a while, a person can go up to eight to 10, I'm serious, supplements. And you think, oh, I don't take all these. I'm like, no, good fish oils, good B vitamins, good D vitamins. But when you have parasites, you can't absorb them because your body is like so down down with communication. Yeah. We can talk a lot more on these things. That's so good. And I, I mean, less is more, everyone. And I'm the worst. If you ask anybody that knows me, I'm just like, if it says recommended one to two, I'm like, I'll take like four to six. That, okay. That's uh, so bad. I know. We got to we gotta have a second part of this. And just like, this is yeah. going to be such good, but I'll tell you this. Like when you say I have a friends like you that I, every time I've told them, I patients, I've said, hey, why don't you take th- three of these a week or something? And they go, well, I just thought I'd take two or three a day. And then their <laughs> liver just got bombarded. And they're like, I was in bed for four days. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. But if you ask me, like on my website or even when I hope this podcast, guys, let me and Courtney talked about, we told you about some of the things we do, some of the emotional clearing. Yeah. Like we done, you know, we do different types of, you know, colonics and, and you know, infrared really helps. We, we can talk about that. We could actually probably give you guys information soon about like what are some of the herbals. But we didn't want to make this like about a big like take these herbals and it's going to kill all your parasites. What we wanted to do was like to give you information about what we see and about, and you guys can request it. If you guys want us to, we can go deeper yeah. into like herbals and, and, and that kind of information, which I love to do. And I'll tell you all about that. But I like the way it turned out because it was yeah. like, you know, about communication, about finding out who you are. I always have a big basic three. I always tell people take some, you could take Chinese Coptus or Neem or uh, noni, but that's just to ruffle the feathers to see what we can find yeah. out what's underneath. So yeah. um, maybe we do have another part someday about it. Or, but I hope this was good info in case we. I have think anything it's else. so good. Yeah, it's definitely making me question things even more so. But I think that that is where you know where we're kind of landing here is if you are experiencing symptoms and you're you are experiencing them repeatedly, meaning like. Like we started, you know, well, I feel fine. Then after a few weeks, I started getting bloated again. I feel like I have more food sensitivities and, you know, around and around we go, like, got to pay attention to these things. Like, it's so important. All the little tips we just gave about, like finding the symptoms, finding the circadian clock, yeah, going back and finding out which one is showing up during your lull state, which you're not aware of. Those are very important. Yeah. When you get to that point, you can then get to where we'll talk about, like we are saying, the supplements that are good for parasites will probably work better. Yeah. Once those parts get addressed. And so you'll notice that they'll work even better. Pay attention to your insides. All that to say, I think that the normal um, uh, herbals out there work really well. I just, I want to just, this is my biggest advice. Find a very competent uh, doc that does parasitic work that knows Chinese medicine clocks and knows your emotional status and that can monitor that status with your emotional clock mm and give you herbals that are fit for your body at those times. I'm telling you, if you can mix good Chinese medicine or kinesiology with the time clocks and the herbals and they listen to you and know your emotions, I'm telling you, we can tell you all the protocols, but everybody's bio-individual and everybody's the same. So I can't give you this huge thing to say, take this, this, and this. And that's what me and Courtney were talking about earlier today. But it's been a good podcast. I know this has been a really good conversation. I'm so glad. I understand more about about some of my own stuff. But I always learn so much. Like, I learn so much. You know, know. the reason we talk about it is because it happened to us. I know, it is true. And listen, we're all still, I mean, both of us, like it's, it is a constant journey of self-discovery and like learning and putting into practice. Learn and grow, like constantly stay in a learning mindset and be open to growth and knowing that the more aligned you get, with yourself, like who you actually are designed to be. Like you have a unique fingerprint. 
Like there's something about you that separates you from every other person on the planet. Mm -hmm. The more you can start to move in stride with who you have been designed to be, what your purpose is, We come from a faith perspective. So we do believe that God has an assignment and purpose for you. If, you. if you're here, if you're listening to this, the more you can start to get in tune and aligned with it and start moving in stride with that, I'm telling you, it changes everything. Oh, man. It, it changes everything. It but like it's, it, there's a huge component of understanding of doing a lot of self-work and it's not, you. it's never a, well, I arrived and figured it out. It's, I'm figuring it out in every season of life as I walk through one season to the next. And so that's where we're here. I'm still learning, loving, learning, enjoy. You know, it's like sometimes it's trial and error. I tell you, when we talk like this is a good, this is the best note to finish on. Because you say like when you keep knowing your journey, let's say you get set back and you find parasites in an area or something. It's like, man, it always goes to um, my bladder or it goes to my heart and it you feel better. And it kind of comes back and it's the journey. And you think I'm doing, not doing something right. I'm like, no, think about why does it keep going back to that organ? Because the organ is probably one of your dominant organs. I'm just saying this. So the effects it has negatively on you, like fear and I can't move forward. Remember God allowed the positive aspects of it. Mm. When you're a kidney bladder, strong element, you're a dreamer, you're intuitive. You can take ideas and make them go forward. And God's trying to tell you that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And that's the journey. If it keeps coming back as a problem, you keep cleaning it so you realize what your journey mm-hmm. is. So God has a funny way of like making us look at things and yeah. told the yin and the yang, the two t- different ways. But yeah. guys, we really appreciate. And Corinne, yeah. this has been great. Look at this. It's setting, been so good. It's been a good, it's been a good podcast. We're going to do, uh, we, we'll do more like this. But guys, we really appreciate you guys. Uh, coming out and uh, look at uh, Courtney's feed at Organic Blondie. You can check out mine, Dr. Motley, on Instagram. And so you, if you guys have questions, send them our way. If you have, go to the Ancient Health Podcast or go to the Health Institute on Instagram. If you guys like this podcast and you like more, more of this t- style of conversation and you like this kind of information, uh, we're here for you. And please send us questions and hit us up. And we really want you guys to feel loved and cared for. From all of us here, from Dr. Axe, we say thank you so much. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Yeah, thanks, guys. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.